0: Welcome to the Backports Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host Jason. Co host Danny. Fans, we got a full show for you today. Championship Sunday. That's what's happened. We're about to talk about it, Danny. First starting off with Ravens against the Kansas City Chiefs, and where, oh boy, Patrick Mahomes does it again. 241 yards, one touchdown, no picks. He goes into Baltimore and does the thing, man. Travis Kelsey targeted 11 times, caught all 11 passes for 116 yards and for that touchdown. But Lamar Jackson has 272 yards, throwing the ball, uh, a touchdown, uh, one interception, uh, eight carries for 54 yards. It's not necessarily in the numbers with Lamar Jackson, Danny. I think it was the way that things were played out for for Baltimore, Uh, just an array of different issues, different penalties, untimely penalties for Baltimore, especially in that second half, I mean, to a point where Kansas City didn't even score in the second half. Now, Kansas City has had a problem scoring in the second half. And I just did not see this from Baltimore, this going three points in the second half. I mean, 10 points entirely. And where they've averaged, what, about 28 points a game. Uh, And this is just it just speaks volumes, in in my opinion. Patrick Mahomes goes into Buffalo against a preeminent quarterback and wins. He goes into Baltimore. MVP of the league and, and now he's on his way to Las Vegas for another opportunity for a chip. I think this was the opportunity everybody in AFC could have gotten at Kansas City. This Kansas City team is not strong. When we talk about the wide receiver core, uh, they, they're, they've been having problems the whole season. And here it is, Kansas City on to the Super Bowl. What say you, Danny, about this Kansas City-Baltimore Ravens
1: game? Uh, we have to give a shout-out to the Kansas City defense. Yep. For – they had Lamar – I just didn't understand why Baltimore wasn't running the ball.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> why Why go away from what's got you to the ch- championship game? Uh, it's just – it was just baffling to me that they were throwing so much and maybe they saw something that – you know, us as the regular old viewer did not see, but this is something where that's their game, you know, ground and pound where the defense down and Lamar was just throwing way too much in my opinion. And the time, the amount of time he was holding the ball, you could tell he wasn't seeing the defense and picking his spots because they were switching things all around and moving people all around on them where it kind of made him uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, which caused actually one of the turnovers when he got uh strip sacked. It was one of those games that it was primed for Buffalo or Baltimore, you know, being at home, the crowd was into it, but Kansas City <laughs> do what they do. And how, it, how fitting is it that MVS catches that ball at the end yeah, still yeah. the game?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Patrick Mahomes unloads a bomb. And MVS comes down with it, it as a key third down play, which then they are able to clock it after the two minute warning. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: but if you look at two Kansas cities now, they're focusing on distributing to certain players, Rashi Rice, Travis Kelsey, Pacheco, and then bringing in the, the other players as needed. So they're really focused to offense and the defense has been playing really well. So it's, It's a tough L for the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they had an awesome season. But once Kansas City scored that first touchdown, you had a kind of feeling that this may be a long game for Baltimore. And it's not for a lack of trying, because Baltimore did have opportunities. They just couldn't convert. And like you said, there are some key penalties um, on them from a personal foul perspective.
0: Yeah, uh, Clowney with that personal foul. Uh, But I would say this too, man, Zay Flowers, man, that fumble into the end zone that turned into a touchback, that was critical. Mm -hmm. But right before that, it was uh, a beautiful catch by Zay Flowers uh, on a bomb, and he got flagged for a taunting penalty uh, in that same drive, Mm -hmm. or earlier in that same drive. And so... That combination of things, uh, especially that touchdown that got wiped away, was critical um, for Baltimore. Um, and to your other point, Danny, I just don't understand why Baltimore didn't run the ball more uh, than what they did. Um,
1: that's Kansas City's Achilles heel.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you need to
1: take advantage of something that um, they're lacking at.
0: Yeah, I just think that – I mean, I listened to some analysts say, you know, Mark Jackson wanted to prove that he can throw in a pocket, and that's why he didn't, you know, run the ball himself as much. But he had 54 yards. He carried eight times. And the defense was – Kansas City defense was swarming. Let's mm-hmm. be real. Um, but I don't know, man. This was the best opportunity to get Kansas City. I will say that. Uh, there were reports uh, of an injury of Kansas City, torn ACL by their main pass rusher. Um, and I think this
1: is huge, yep. huge
0: injury in the Super Bowl, Danny. Uh, uh, Charles o- Omenihu, Omenihu um, who again tore his ACL, he actually stripped the ball out, uh, out of uh, Lamar Jackson's hands for a fourth fumble. And so, Uh, This is just a bad uh, way to go into the uh, Super Bowl, but they're in the Super Bowl nonetheless, Danny. And now on to the next game, uh, the one that just, man, kind of tore me up a little bit, man. Um, Yes, I am a Green Bay Packers fan. Out of all the divisional foes that we have, Detroit Lions are actually one of my favorites. Can I stand the Bears? Can I stand Minnesota Vikings? I tolerate the Detroit Lions. And I was actually rooting for them in this game. The first half, 24-7, and Detroit was rolling. I'm talking about, you Talk about somebody just running the ball at will in the first half? That was Detroit. And... It looked like they took the game plan from the Green Bay Packers. They looked at what the Green Packers were doing. We're going to run it on the right-hand side of the line. We're going to run it at San Francisco, and we're going to be successful. And that's exactly what they did in that first half, Danny. Uh, Now, I would say the second half, third quarter in particular, some questionable calls here. Definitely want to get your thoughts and opinions on this, Danny. And I realized that what analysts are saying who watched Detroit the whole season, or whatever, that it's in their DNA to go for it on fourth downs and, every, and everything. Let me just say this. In the third quarter, San Francisco starts off with the ball and they drive and they kick the field goal. They get their three points. Uh, keep in mind that kicking of the field goal uh, occurred. Uh, I'm trying to find, I want to say it was with maybe 11 minutes left in the third quarter. The reason why I bring that up is because just as soon as um, the Detroit Lions, or excuse me, the uh, 49ers kicked the field goal, and that was with 11.02 left in the third quarter, okay? They just they take the ball mm-hmm. first four minutes of the quarter they go down and they score. Detroit gets the ball and they go down and it's fourth down, but they're a field goal range. Let's just say it, it was maybe with eight minutes left in the quarter or something like that. Danny, why not go for the field goal and get the points?
1: Mm-hmm. Half
0: the quarter, at least maybe half the quarter, or close to half the quarter is gone. Yep. And then you still would have been up three scores. Not only that, but I think you would have used confidence more so in your young... Detroit Lions, this is an organization that hasn't been to the Super Bowl, that has never been to the Super Bowl. Yep. This is an organization that the last time they've been to a conference championship was what, back in the 91? Yeah. Uh, What are you doing? This is an organization <laughs> who hasn't won a role playoff game, I think since, what, 57 or something like that? So what are you doing? In my opinion... In at least one of the fourth down play calls, because not only was it this opportunity in the third quarter, but you had another opportunity, I want to say it was in the fourth quarter to go for a yep. field goal and get points. In my opinion, I would have gone in the in hindsight, yes, but I would have gone for the field goal in the third quarter. Because at least if if I make the field goal, I'm you know, we're still a three-point game or excuse me, a three-possession game with the third quarter, half the quarter is gone. I would have slowed a little bit of the momentum down by the 49ers, and I would have matched what they just successfully scored on. So with that, I would have gone for it. I mean, excuse me, I would have kicked a field goal the first time. The second, fourth down, okay, maybe I, you know, play around with that. But I'm getting the points some kind of point, some way, somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was just a plethora of things that happened. The Detroit Lions became the Detroit Lions of old in the third quarter. Before, oh, excuse me, the Detroit Lions did themselves in. The fumbles, which was critical, because that went that allowed 49ers to score on that. I mean, it was just a whole lot happening in the third quarter. What say you, Danny, about this Detroit
1: Lions 49ers game? Jason, as an Atlanta Falcons fan, this looked very similar to <laughs> one of our many collapses in the second half. That first fourth down, like you mentioned, that was huge because them not getting it. Okay, but then that whole fluke play with the whole swing of points when on the uh when the DB had it, hit him in the helmet. Ayu catches it off his helmet. And they score right away, then gives fumbles, they score right away. I've seen that song and dance multiple times with Atlanta. So it's it was very unfortunate that they didn't take advantage of getting at least that three points to go up 27-10. Uh-huh. Because the other thing, too, was they were driving on San Francisco. So why not get the three? You're pushing the ball. And... It was it was just a comedy of errors. Josh Reynolds dropping the ball. You know everyone's talking about all this already, but it was one of those things. It was like, it was like a culmination. It was just snowballing on them. It became an avalanche. It was it just felt I felt for the Lions fans because I've been in that seat. I don't know many times, uh, and to see the 49ers get lucky like that, you know I'm always pulling against Shanahan or <laughs> for Shanahan to lose, and this was one he should have lost. This is on Detroit uh, for, you know, the some of the decisions that were made, but because, yeah, granted, the way they play is how that, what got them there. But sometimes you gotta make concessions in the moment. And that third quarter field goal should have been the one that they kicked, um, which could have turned could have turned things around. Like I said, all the other fluky stuff could have still happened, mm-hmm. but. You at least give your defense some breathing room because the defense was getting destroyed in that second half, but it wasn't there was bad field position too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where San Francisco you got to give them credit. they took advantage of it, and now they're going to the Super Bowl, but tough way to go out for the Detroit fans, man. I like I said, as a Falcons fan, I know exactly how you feel. I've been in this seat multiple times where you're winning a half and then you just get destroyed in the second half by a you know
0: copy what, of errors. And you know what, Danny? I was even thinking from a Detroit standpoint, I was even saying, you know what, Detroit goes to the Super Bowl against Kansas City. I can, I would, you're going pick Detroit. And I'll just say this, Danny. Jared Goff throws for 273 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Brock Purdy throws for 267, one touchdown, one interception. Um, but – It was Brock Purdy's legs, man, that really, really broke down the defense, man. Five rushes for 48 yards by Brock Purdy. And I think he just looked at it, especially in the second half, as like, I'm just going to go. I'm throwing this ball. We're running it. But you know what? This defense is breaking down. I'm just going to go for it. And there was a few critical first downs he actually attained because of his legs. Uh, Christian McCaffrey runs for 90 yards off of 20 carries, two touchdowns. Uh Debo Samuel, man, eight receptions for 89 yards, and he had three carries for seven yards. Man, this is a a solid 49ers team, but man, the way that they were getting ran all over in that first half by the Detroit Lions, man, Detroit had this game in the palm of their hands, man. And so Danny, we now have San Francisco against uh Kansas City uh basically a repeat uh Super Bowl. Uh and this is gonna be interesting. I think seeing Brock Purdy in there first time, we'll see what happens. Um I mentioned about the injury uh for Kansas City pass rusher. This is going to be really interesting. I think the difference in this Super Bowl is that the O-line by uh, of Kansas City is going to block. Mm-hmm. The difference, though, is can Kansas City score in the second half? They've had problems scoring in the second half. Um, and the 49ers, I think, man, this is, this is going to be interesting, interesting to watch here. What say you, Danny, about the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, The Chiefs had a few people out yesterday on defense as well. So this gives them time to get healed up if they're able to come back. So that should strengthen their defense, even though they did lose the defensive lineman, which is a big key loss. And I look at Patrick, the 49ers secondary is not that good. I've said this in the past. They can be had. Game plan looks like from the Kansas City side to see if they attack them And set up some play action, too, with Pacheco. So if they can get Pacheco going, uh, Kelsey can eat them up. Rishi Rice can get them. But then on Kansas City's side, their defense has to play like they've been playing. So this is one of those things where with the Super Bowl, people, from my standpoint, you kind of lose sight of, but that two weeks for a team that's as hot as Kansas City is right now, they kind of lose that momentum. So can they gain that momentum back after this two-week hiatus, so to speak, whereas the 49ers are just eked their way into the Super Bowl so they can get, you know, this could actually help them, you know, get some things because their offense is, like you said, is powerful. But if Kansas City can get the Brock Purdy and rattle him right off the bat, I think that could work wonders for them. But it's going to be a matter of can they expose the secondary of the 49ers? I think
0: Kansas City defense rattles Purdy um, especially in that first maybe quarter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um, I think it's going to be incumbent upon the coaching staff of the 49ers to make Purdy comfortable as possible. I can see maybe some quick outs maybe to Debo, mm-hmm. um, maybe to uh, uh, George Kittle, um, just to provide a security blanket, um, if you will, to kind of get uncomfortable. Yeah. But yeah and maybe even to McCaffrey. I can see that happening, but I think it's going to be interesting who wins this first toss, the the coin toss. I think whoever gets the coin toss is actually going to take the ball. Yep. I really do, because um, we've seen in this particular playoffs with the Packers how well they've done taking the ball and putting uh, the opposing team on their heels Mm -hmm. um, and forcing them to play from behind. And I think that's what's going to end up happening for this particular game as well. It's going to be good. It's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. And now, Danny, on to some news in the NBA and where Doc Rivers coaches his first game for the Milwaukee Bucks on tonight. Uh, we'll see. They played Denver Nuggets. Um, Doc has had some time to sit high up and look at Bucks, Bobby scout um, some things out. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, there's some play call play calls being called, um, some sets being ran, um, and we'll just see. Um, this is going to be interesting. I, I want to see the before and after doc uh, doc in terms of the defensive uh, effic- efficiency. Um, I think it's going to be better uh, defense wise by the Bucks <laughs> um, slightly. Um, but I can also see a trade happening. Um, there's some rumors out there, which there always are, um, but there's going to have to be some changes made, um, especially um, at the wing position, uh, more defense. Um, I've seen so many guards pass by Dame and pass by Beasley um, that it's just ridiculous at this juncture. So. I'll be interested to see what changes from that standpoint. What say you, Danny, about Doc Rivers?
1: Yeah, I just want to see the intensity and what kind of effort the team brings with him there. And will it be what's that contrast from when it was AG or Coach Griffin to Doc Rivers? And were people some people sandbagging with the old coach? Because they're <laughs> out there dancing and everything. Oh my God. When he was gone. You know, that first game out, they out there having a dance party. But then are they gonna, I just want to see the energy. I want to see what's different about them. And it may take a couple weeks, right? It may take until after break and into the playoffs to actually see some of this stuff come to fruition. But, um, no, it's just exciting to see what they can do tonight. And you got a tough opponent with Denver. So it'll be a nice test uh, to prove some things out for them. Uh, for Doc and get them going on the right foot.
0: And now, Daniel, on to uh, some head coaching news in the NFL. The Atlanta Falcons uh, now has Raheem Morris. Uh, what say you about the coaching move here?
1: Well, Jason, I will definitely say I was surprised. I was. I went through a, a gamut of emotion from a fan standpoint. You know, obviously, this stuff we can't control, but. Seeing the name at first was like, what? You have all these other people out there, and you're going to go back to Raheem? But then I said, hold on. I want to see who he brings in as a, from a staff perspective because he could be the face, but who is his OC going to be? Who is his DC defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator? Who's the special teams? So I'm going to give it a, sh- a chance and see. But it, it seemed like the Atlanta Falcons panicked. They had all these things going on and they're one of the first ones to start all this interviewing. I, I was like, all right, they're going to get Harbaugh. And then when Harbaugh went to the chargers, I'm like, man, y'all let him slip through your fingers. But I think too, it was a cost thing. I I think Harbaugh commanded a a nice amount of money that Raheem is not. I want to see how this all plays out in the off season before I, (laughs) I fully judge this move, but it was one of those moves where I was kind of like, Really? This is what we're doing? We had all the opportunity in the world. This also looks like Rich McKay, the assistant to Arthur Blank or a special whatever you want to call him, consultant. This has his handprints written all over it. Because Rich McKay was where? Tampa Bay. Where was Raheem at? Tampa Bay. Raheem came. He coached with us. Raheem's gone. They panicked. Oh, who can we go with? Raheem Morris. And the, the kick is we have to give up two third round picks. So that's the part that really ticked me off from a fan standpoint is like, y'all botched this whole thing. We're going to give a two third round picks for Raheem where we had other people we could have actually brought in and not given up our draft capital because we do need it. So I'm hoping this goes really well because this could really backfire on the Falcons. <clears throat> like I said, I'm going to give it some time. Let us settle in. Let's, let's see. His, he already brought in Zach Robinson as the offensive coordinator, which I like that move from, uh, from the Rams, the quarterback coach. So if he can bring a good staff in and do this right. All right. And, you know, if he can bring different styles, some newer ideas and, you know, versus like a Belichick. And I think that was the hangout with Belichick was, yep. he wanted to bring his whole old crew and I did not, When they said that, I'm like, all right, I'm cool with them not bringing in Belichick. If he's bringing in Matt Patricia, and we've seen his song and dance before. All in all, Jason, I don't care who's coaching. If we don't have a quarterback, we're not going to do well. So they have all offseason to help Raheem and Zach Robinson and all these cats out, bring in a quarterback, and then we can see and go from there. So there's a lot hinging on this offseason.
0: Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at back porch talk Podcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.